The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. And again, just a, a warm welcome to Happy Hour. Happy to be with you tonight. And um, just as I mentioned the last time uh, yesterday when, when um, introducing Happy Hour, I've been thinking about contention and conflict recently. And there's a few reasons for that. I'm actually doing some research on it, but also um, as a chaplain, it's become really clear when I go to people's um, hospital rooms that the degree to which they've made peace with their own inner conflict with themselves and the degree to which they've made peace with the people in their lives, the people they love, care about, have interacted with, really predicts how peaceful and happy and um, equanimous they are about health decline and even death. And so it's really made an impact on me personally and the way I show up in my life. And this came to a head for me when Earlier this week, I was contemplating this sort of like low-level series of not happy interactions I'd had with an elderly relative, someone, um, a distant cousin that I've actually grown quite close to over the years, elderly. And um, there have just been like some anger on his side and impatience, possibly justified um, impatience. And um, I noticed that something just really clarified for me earlier this week. And it was around the realization that I didn't want him to die before we worked it out or me to die before we worked it out. And it just sort of, it was like this Manjushri sword cutting through any of the kind of defensiveness I had or the, oh, well, he shouldn't and not, you know, all that kind of inner dialogue we have, right? And um, it reminded me of just this quote in the Dhammapada, which uh, another practitioner actually mentioned in a different context in a day long. Um, this comes from Dichotomies, which is the very first chapter of the Dhammapada. And I'm not going to read the whole chapter, even though it's quite short, but many of you will recognize this. Um, it starts saying, all experiences preceded by mind, led by mind, and made by mind. Speak or act with a peaceful mind, and happiness follows like a never-departing shadow. It says the opposite about an unhappy, divided mind. And then it goes on to say, he abused me, attacked me, defeated me, robbed me. For those carrying on like this, hatred does not end. She abused me, attacked me, defeated me, robbed me. For those not carrying on like this, hatred ends. For hatred never ends through hatred but by love alone does it end. This is the ancient and natural law. Many do not realize we here must die. For those who realize this, quarrels end. 
for those who realize this, quarrels end. So what does that look like? A big question, but to sort of carry over just a couple of brief thoughts from um, yesterday's conversation. It looks just like it does when we're addressing our own imperfections and vulnerability, need, or fear. It's turning towards it, taking time to have the feelings and turning towards it with curiosity, interest, care, love, kindness. It's like, what is the need underneath the contention, whether it's my own, excuse me, or someone else's? So to get curious and um, take time to have your feelings, right? Be with them in a loving way. And then I would say when interacting with others, I found it incredibly helpful to try to step into their shoes or sense into their story, but not until I've given my own feelings time, care, love. And um, keeping that big picture in mind, our common humanity and the common just a clarifying principle that, I mean, I literally try to live my life as if this is the last interaction I ever have with this person, would I regret it? That's the question, right? So the focus tonight in the meditation is going to be on our common humanity. And um, in the spirit of that, This is an excerpt from a poem by Julia Fehrenbacher, a different one than the one I read last night. And in it, she says, stop asking yourself, am I good enough? And start asking yourself, am I showing up with love? That's really the only question. Am I showing up with love to myself? to you, to others. So with that, the invitation is to settle back, turn off anything that might distract you, and um, find a comfortable posture, balancing comfort and alertness in a way that privileges the comfort a little bit, unless you know you're going to fall asleep, in which case you can either decide you're going to fall asleep or use a little bit more alertness. Soften your gaze. If it helps to turn away from the screen, please do. And allow the eyes to close if that feels safe where you are. Start by checking in your body, heart, your mind, just as they are right now. And allowing, acknowledging whatever is there. Saying hello maybe to an old ache or new twinge. Allowing whatever mood 
attitude is there. And setting a resolve, an intention to meet whatever arises in this meditation with kindness as much as possible. Sweeping the attention through the body a little bit more intentionally. Inviting any areas of tension in the head or neck or jaw to soften. Noticing the way the breath is coming in. Maybe at the nose, throat, chest. Diaphragm, belly. And noticing the way it moves the torso. Feeling the weight of your body resting against the seat, cushion, chair, bed. Allowing yourself to feel supported, held. Allowing the attention to suffuse through the upper half of the body and then into the legs. ankles, feet, allowing tension to drain out the soles of your feet. And then inviting, inviting your embodied attention to rest on whatever anchor, anchor of focus feels hospitable for you. I'll give a few brief instructions on breathing before we start the loving kindness meditation. Please choose what works for you. Attuning, attuning the attention, the awareness to the sensations of aliveness in your body especially the sensations of the body breathing.
Allowing the felt sensations of the in-breath and out-breath to be rhythmic, soothing as much as possible. Settling the heart. Perhaps noticing the way the breath causes the belly to rise and fall. The diaphragm to expand and contract. The ribcage and chest to gently move. Perhaps noticing the pleasure of the sensations, the coolness of the in-breath coming in through the nose, throat, the warm vibrancy of the out-breath, touching the tip of the lip. Perhaps the whole body of the breath. In the very beginning of the in-breath, through the last little bit of letting go on the out-breath. Allowing thoughts, strenuous bits of anything to feed to the periphery, rooted but not privileged. And inviting the felt vibrancy, aliveness of the body breathing to fill the attention. Perhaps noticing the subtle sensations of aliveness throughout the whole body with each breath, all of ourselves breathing, the skin itself transpiring. 
resting there. Now gathering the attention at the seat of your emotions, your heart center, wherever you locate that in your body, heart, mind. Perhaps at the center of the chest or elsewhere. And if it feels natural or playful, inhaling, receiving the nourishment of air into the heart center, releasing and offering breath back to air, out of the heart center. And then bringing, inviting into your mind thought of someone dear, perhaps a benefactor, friend, pet, perhaps a religious figure or being. Someone who's uncomplicated, for whom you feel appreciation, gratitude, care, kindness. Breathing in, receiving a sense of appreciation for who they are as a being. And then offering the out-breath for an imagined gesture or expression 
kindness, good wishes, appreciation. Noticing any feelings that come along with these good intentions. Perhaps a sweetness in the heart or a smile, ever so subtle on the lips. Or just the knowledge that this is an act of generosity this offering, to feel good about that. Radiating a sense of these good wishes, these kindness. Through your whole torso, rib cage, chest, heart center, back. Through your whole body, out, directed towards them, but also touching you. It's helpful to use words or phrases. Please use whatever works for you in your own language. Or if you wish, you can silently repeat these phrases. Shortening them builds concentration and momentum. Lengthening is more of a contemplation. May you be safe from inner and outer harm. May you be happy. May you be healthy and heal as much as possible. May you be peaceful. May you be free.
I see. Be happy. Be healthy. Be peaceful. Be free. From time to time, pausing and noticing how it feels to offer this generosity, kindness to this other one. It feels natural to imagine receiving it back from them, maybe on the in-breath. May we be sane, happy, healthy. May we be peaceful and free. And now, as if looking through the eyes of this other one, feeling into their wishes for you and your wishes for yourself. May I be safe, happy, healthy. May I be peaceful and free.
Breathing, massaging these kind intentions through every corner of the body, heart, and mind. And now perhaps imagining this other one, this dear one, benefactor, still in your presence, maybe at your side or near you. And contemplating a person or maybe a class of persons who might be a little bit difficult, a little bit vexing. Or at least maybe someone you care about, you've had a conflict with. But not the biggest conflict, just a little bit vexing. And consider just like me, just like this dear one, this person wants to be saved. Happy, healthy, and free. And their annoying behavior could well be a misunderstanding, an unhelpful unhelpful strategy. I'm trying to get those needs met. Tuning in to the vulnerability underneath. This common wish for safety, happiness, health, peace, and freedom that weaves through all of our hearts. And feeling that in your own heart, mind, and body. And wishing them 
May you be seen. May you be happy. Healthy. May you be peaceful and free. Free from harm and causing harm. Breathing. Noticing whatever happens in your body. And meeting that with kindness. We see. Happy. As always in this meditation, in a road bump and it's difficult, it's always, always okay to fall back to the person, persons, or being, or beings that you find easy to yourself, to the benefactor, to both. Restore the momentum, and then if you wish, try again. Breathing kindness through your experience. Resting on the power of these good intentions. And if you wish, letting go of wishing kindness towards whatever being you might find difficult. And expanding the circle, including them or not, including yourself, the dear one, 
and others in your life path community nearby, human and non-human. Radiating the intentions of kindness outwards, like soft light or fog, in all directions, with or without words. And as this meditation begins to draw to a close, letting go of any phrases, visualization to rest in your own body, heart, and mind, tuning in to how they feel now in this moment. And contemplating just like me. Others want to be happy, safe, healthy, peaceful, free of harm and suffering. This common wish is our common humanity, our common sentience. It weaves all of us together. Taking a moment to appreciate yourself for the generosity of offering these good wishes, cultivating your heart in this beautiful way.
thank you all for the sincerity of your practice. And as is the custom when I teach here, I invite you to take a last moment in sort of your meditative mode, space, to wish kindness, good wishes to the other practitioners here in this Zoom room and the other practitioners listening later, maybe people you know who've missed tonight. And look through either the names or the video, wishing others well, sending them a little pulse of metta. Knowing that as you're doing that, you're receiving it from them too. Thank you. So there's a little bit of time for reflections, comments, questions, complaints. Anyone wishes to speak? Maybe just over one page. So maybe raise your Zoom hand so we don't accidentally like two people talk at the same time. Neil, yes. Oh, wait, I have to let you unmute. Okay, now you can talk. This was a lovely practice, and and, and let me thank you for all the classes you've taught recently. Um, You mentioned that shorter phrases are more concentrated, focus more on concentration, I think, and longer phrases are more contemplative. Yes. All right, particularly the contemplative part. Can you explain what you mean by that? Yes, it's a great question. Thank you for asking it. So um, so by contemplation, I need to explain the terminology first, kind of. Um, it's kind of the opposite of what it means in Christianity. So meditative or concentration-based um, in Buddhism refers to a more kind of direct embodied experience and less discursive, less verbal activity tends to build more concentration for most people. Contemplation in the Buddhist schema tends to be a little bit more of, I mean, technically metta could be considered a contemplation. It tends to be engage the mind a little bit more. So it can involve some reasoning, right? So I dropped in a couple of contemplations. This just like me phraseology is kind of a contemplation. It's like really considering just like me, others have these wishes, right? That's engaging the mind in a different way than sending the word happy out, right? So it's it's using a little bit more of the intelligence faculty, the reasoning side of the intelligence faculty. And both are good um, and both are powerful. But most people, if they're reasoning at that level, they're not going to build samadhi concentration. 
as quickly or not as deeply. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. And I will look it up too. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. It's worth looking into because there's a rich body of literature around Buddhist contemplation. And um, it's not limited just to the heart qualities. There's a lot there. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Yes, Jerry, hi. Well, uh, not to uh, keep this question going, but you may use the word samadhi and concentration. So if you're saying like, you know, some people go on uh, retreats, it's just a concentration retreat. So um, there you'd be saying to, uh, if you really want to increase your concentration, uh, just focus on your breath. Is that what you would be saying in that instance, or would you be saying something more? Well, there are many. It's a great question, Jerry. There are many, many different objects of attention, anchors of attention that can be used to cultivate concentration. So the breath is the classic one. And for many, many people, it's the easiest. It's mm-hmm. not the easiest for everyone. Um, if, um, But the encouragement would be to keep things simple. I guess that's the the main thing I would say is to keep it simple. And that allows for the chatty part of the mind to drop away more quickly and um, for a settling to occur. But even in concentration, it can be helpful to allow permission for the mind to just rattle around for a while and not be in contention with it. And then to that can allow the chattiness to drop away as well. So meditative stability is, or um, settledness, those are terms I prefer over the term concentration, um, because concentration always makes me feel like I should be furrowing my brow somehow. And <laughs> that's not what we're after. We're after something much more relaxed. I like meditative stability. So I'll take that tonight. Great. Great. Thank you. Thank you. I don't have too much to add to the discussion, but when Neil first brought this up, I immediately thought of Thomas Merton. And so I checked and he probably is one of the best known practitioners of contemplative prayer. Um, And it's a lovely practice, actually. Um, You know, he was, for people who don't know him, he was both Catholic and Buddhist. Um, And uh, so he sort of tried to blend the two, I think. And, you know, so it's a, a nice practice. Yeah, it's a beautiful practice. Actually, Thomas Merton was my introduction to Buddhism, Zen and the Birds of Appetite, many years ago. Yeah. And, um, and you're pointing to something else, which I was just talking mostly about the Buddhist contemplation, but there's this rich tradition of contemplative prayer and other traditions. Right. Christianity, Judaism, Islam all have contemplative mm-hmm. prayer practices. And if you read some of the ancient literature, it's remarkable how similar a lot of the experiences are um, if you drop away the terminology. So um, lots to look into. Thank you for that. Any, um, anyone else questions about this practice? Anything else I said? 
So we've come to the point in the evening that for some people is their favorite time and other people it's not their cup of tea. (laughs) So I'll just invite you, if you wish, to join a breakout room. You are welcome to stay in this room quietly if that's what you prefer. I will probably shuffle you in the first couple of minutes because people drop out at the last second and then people get stuck in a room by themselves. If that happens to you, please leave the room, come back. I will reassign you. And the invitation is to just talk about how best practice was for you tonight. Whatever facet of it helps you in your life, whatever facet might have been helpful or challenging tonight. And I'll see you in about seven minutes. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody. So we're practically at the top of the hour, but if anyone wants to just shout out a word or two of how that was, I'm happy to hear. All right. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> I'm liking the hand gestures, too. <laughs> okay, lovely. Um, again, thank you all for your dedication to this practice. Um, just take a moment to dedicate the benefits and merit of this practice. May the benefits of this practice ripple through our lives, to all of the lives we touch and all of the lives they touch. May they continue to ripple outwards to support the safety happiness, well-being, peace, and freedom of all beings. to all of you and thank you so much for your practice it's beautiful to be with you thank you Don thank you Don thanks everybody good night Greg thank you Don thank you everyone happy weekend bye everybody bye bye bye